Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. That was um, Uncle Country R.I.P. bringing us in with Gurungindanami, traditional welcome song of Aboriginal people in this part of the land. And I certainly would like to acknowledge the uh, traditional owners and the country we're on, Jagger and Turrbal land here in Brisbane. And wherever you're listening to this through the magic of modern technology, well, there's a long history of people living in and are living in connection with the place that you are in as well. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about uh, a couple of Aboriginal um, struggles going on that have been going on for some time in Queensland. One is which is having a very big celebration this weekend, is Watanungu up in uh, Wanganjagalingu country in central Queensland, inland from Mackay um, on the Adani mine lease. It is two years that the Watanungu cultural ceremony occupation has been going on and the tomorrow is anniversary and they are having a big gathering. I was up there on day one of that occupation. I was up there this time last year for the first birthday celebration. Sadly, I uh, won't be up there this weekend, but I did interview uh, Kuri, Cody McAvoy, his English name, Kuri or Gorigula, he's increasingly uh, going by now, um, to talk about what's happened over the two years there, what are the updates and plans for the future. And I also spoke to uh, Chris Bunder, also known as Yowie, who has been one of the protectors at Deeping Creek, much closer to us here in the 4ZZZ studio, just out um, near Ipswich, where they, for a few years, have been occupying that site, um, the site of the old Deeping Creek mission, and guarding its cultural value. They did a couple of months ago, they had the terrible experience of having that camp demolished and then watching the machines come in and start to flatten trees and work on developing that site for housing. Um, I was away at the time and so we didn't cover it on the paradigm shift, but I thought we'd get in contact with Arnie Chris and hear the updates um, about what next for those uh, protectors at Deeping Creek and they are still out there as well and there's still a a permanent presence out there you can go out and uh, meet up with them 
but we'll hear more about that coming up. Um, it's good to cover some of these diverse Aboriginal struggles. It's interesting, so much of the media uh, conversation around Aboriginal people at the moment is about the voice to parliament referendum and it just sort of diverts talk into, you know, the Canberra corridors of power where um, decisions are made by important people and takes it away from the ability for ordinary people on the ground to work together for the things they believe in. And, of course, there's so many issues regarding Aboriginal people to keep an eye on, one of which was covered on the Pineapple Rebellion on Fortress this morning, talking about um, Queensland's youth justice reforms, and that's something certainly worth keeping an eye on as well. If you want to go back and listen to that and hear, and so often in this country, prison is an Aboriginal issue, right, because they are much higher proportionally imprisoned than any other um, group of people in Australia. And so those things are Aboriginal issues as well. They're just not as uh, glamorous, maybe, as uh, campaigning about a voice to parliament. And, of course, there's other land rights struggles against extractivism and against big corporations coming and taking the land, particularly, I'm thinking of in Northern Territory where there's a number of Aboriginal nations trying to stop Tamboran from exploiting the um, Beedaloo Basin of coal seam gas and also in the Burrup Peninsula in Western Australia where um, similarly people are trying to stop Woodside, a huge gas corporation continuing to develop that and where just recently we have seen some of those amazing rock art petroglyphs from the Burrup Peninsula moved for Perdiman's fertilizer plant. So lots of things still happening around the country. We're going to talk about two of them on the show today. Let's start off at Watanungu where they're celebrating two years of continuous occupation. I spoke to Cody McAvoy about it. Watanungu uh, Hello, my name is Guri or Gurijula. I speak the Widi language. I'm from Wanganjagalingu, which is in central Queensland, just off the coast of Mackay. Uh, I live at a place called Waranangu, which is basically our clan's estate, which is inside the Wanganjagalingu nation. So on the paradigm shift over the last couple of years, we've spoken to you a few times about Waranangu, but uh, for those who don't know, can you tell us what it's all about? Uh, it means the talking. Wada is talk. The nas suffix makes it ing, so it's talking. And then the ungu makes it the. So wadanungu is the talking. And it incorporates talking from neighboring tribes to people in our own tribes, to people, tribes far and wide, to international tribes, even everyday Australians to everybody it, it's open for talking and this is the reason why it's called the talking because this is how we get the conversation started and our, our territory is basically set up you know in line with the adani carmichael mine lease and so we've been set up here on the mining lease for 708 days today and uh through a peaceful occupation and a, and a continuous ceremony, uh, we've managed to stay here for almost two years now. Uh, we first got here on the 26th of August, 2021. We've had a, a continuous fire maintained the whole time. Um, 
it's been going rain, hail or shine out the front. And we've also uh, moved fire as well to make a secondary fire out the back here, which is uh, about 4.5 kilometres uh, off the Moray Carmichael boundary road, basically opposite the, the open cut pit. Yeah, that's a, a new recent update, moving from the site where you've been for most of the last two years on the road there to a much more scenic um, place out further out the back. Can you tell us about that? So we live in around an area called Gamuyuna Warba, which means waterhole one. And this area is a terraformed spring. So we know this is a spring because there's spring rock. Uh, they call it calcrete type of uh, calcified rock that we find everywhere all around here. And also you can see with the water where it'll actually move in and out and the water will actually push upstream even against the wind all times of the day and then gravity will pull it back down again. So it's like it's, like it's breathing. And so we've uh, set up a camp here, partly one because it's quite noisy and dusty out the front Adani has no no form of dust suppressant or you know noise suppressants, so it's it's quite affecting us out the front where we start to get a bit of sleep deprivation. So, you know, we've moved back further into the bush where this is all untouched bushland here. There's like five meter circumference box trees here, and. Experts say that in semi-arid environments, box trees only grow about uh, two millimetres a year. So if we've got one that's a five metre in diameter, this thing's like almost a thousand years old, this box tree. It has passed the time of seeing multiple generations of our ancestors. And, you know, my right to touch that tree and connect with that tree trumps any right that Adani has to destroy it. Uh, it also trumps any right that any other Aboriginal person to come and sign off that area because they're trying to do it for an economic benefit. Uh, so this is one of the other interesting things about Watanungu is, I guess, the evolving way that you've used uh, human rights and different uh, legal arguments, and that's evolved over the time you've been there. But uh, can you tell us more about what you've just said about um, economic benefits. The thing that changed in our direction was the Waratah case with Clive Palmer versus uh, the government, where essentially the land court basically said, under human rights, you can't have your mind because you cannot limit human rights for economic benefit. So, by that ruling, that means that even other Aboriginal people cannot come and pick up my rocks or move my scar trees with my ancestors placentas in them and with my ancestors bones in some of these burial trees i have the right to leave them in situ to have them remain there because my right to have them remain there trumps anybody else's right to remove them for economic benefit so because of the situation that i've put them in now and made them aware of this is the ruling so if you want to go to court, we can take you to court. So this has basically been a game changer because now even other Aboriginal people in my tribe cannot get paid to pick up my artefacts because they are doing it for an economic benefit. Where 
my willingness to keep those rocks on the ground for a spiritual purpose and to be able to tell stories about those rocks to the next generation is more important. So this, this has massive implications that we are, you know, um, constantly um, attacking Adani at all angles to solidify our, our position here and solidify our position against the government. So in, in nearly two years' time, coming up at the end of this month, there has been no negotiations with the government. There's been no talks with Adani. It's just been, I live my life, and they just keep doing what they're doing. But where I am at the moment, I'm right in the middle of the way because there's supposed to be a pit right where I am, an open-cut pit, but that will never happen now because of our occupation here. And so through a simple process of making a stone circle up on top of a berm wall opposite a mine open cut high wall. This stone circle has a, a fire that has always stayed lit since the 26th of August 2021. The other two rules about going into that circle is one, you can't bring any foreign objects inside that circle. And the third one was we had one um, Wangana Jagalingu person inside that circle at all times. That third one, we maintained that for 408 days. And then after the 408th day, we all decided that, um, you know, uh, our presence here is established to the fact that we could prove for 408 days that there was always one person inside that circle to establish permanent occupancy. So from that, we all, as a family, all stood in the middle and then we all did our ceremony to to stop that one um, one part of the ceremony. So the two parts still remain is the fire still goes and there's no foreign objects inside the circle. That was originally set up to bait the police officers in and also set up to um, have a conversation with neighbouring tribes and people from my own tribe. So the police, they have uh, respected our rights as we have shown them that our rights are covered under Brown versus Western Australia or Brown versus the Commonwealth, which is a high court case that allows us to be on a mining lease and to practice culture on a mining lease. We, we have the right to coexist. And because we have the right to coexist under the high court, we now have the right to exist and use that. And then we leverage the Queensland Human Rights Act in section 28 for us to have self-determination and our right to culture our right to protect our waterways and develop our culture and also to not be assimilated and so my right to not be assimilated is to my right to not be put through the same system laws that has removed our people and dispossessed our people in the past so we continue to um assert that you know, you no longer have that right to remove us from here again. This is not 1918. This is 2023. And you're not removing our family again like they did back then. Because this time we have lawyers and we know their laws and we're using their laws against them to prove a point, basically, that 
we will come and we will occupy this place to ascertain knowledge from our ancestors from this area to connect with this area and then turn around and say you have no right to destroy this area so in a natural fact it's the very very starting basis of protecting country because from from that moment of just standing up and saying me saying you can't have this area is a complete protection of 12,000 hectares of land untouched land that's on this side so the powerful act of doing a peaceful occupation as a original bloodline person from this area is a blueprint for other tribes to you know follow suit and and do the same type of processes and uh you know just creating a new avenue for for tribes to say well you don't have to say yes to this mine you can say no and we'll show you that you can say no and you can continue to say no when you started it was very much to be sort of in the face of adani and this kind of occupation of adani's mine lease and um you've been there so long now and i guess seem to be pretty secure there and now you've moved out the back it's a very scenic spot there where you are um near the spring i wonder is it still adani in the forefront of your mind when you're doing it or has it sort of changed into something else as time's gone yeah well you know it's it's never really the person that gets the permission to do something it's the target is always the person that gives that person the permission so this fight has basically it has extended past Adani to where if the state and federal government never gave him the mining leases to begin with, then I wouldn't be here. So now this is basically just we turned our spears to the government and said, well, you've got to sort this situation out now because you're the one that gave him the mining leases. And so... It's not so much Adani in my forefront of my mind anymore because I know he's basically powerless. You know, when I first got removed here in 2019, basically a week after I, I left from there, I had a court order sent out after me to get a court-ordered injunction to stop me from going back there. Now, if they were so quick to get a court order on me for that area... Why haven't they done that in two years' time of me, almost two years' time of me being here? So I know for a fact there's something in what they're thinking is we could lose that case. And if we lose that case, then we can never get rid of him. So they're trying to rely on the on the government to act. But the problem is Labour is not going to do anything. They're not going to make themselves look like they're coming to the rescue of Adani to kick an Aboriginal person out. And what about connecting to country? You know, it's been a long time. You've been out there now, very close to country as it maybe would have been um, before white settlement and things like that. How has um, that developed over the two years? Yeah, well, the more time you spend with animals and the more time you get to spend with trees that have been here um, before settlement, uh, the more you get to 
basically experience what it looked like and what it what it would have been like for for our mob to to walk through these areas and you know carve these trees and and you could still feel the spirit of them inside these trees and so the longer that i spend here the more the more attached i get to this place and the more of a responsibility i have to protect the place You've been out and about a bit more in the last year, um, traveling around a little bit, spreading the word, and been down to Tasmania as well a couple of times, I think. How's that gone? Is it an important part of what you're doing there as well to go out and talk to other people, or do you feel bad being away from there? Yeah, well, I think it's um, the basically spirits, the old people calling me to go to these places, and because my mother is enough from Launceston area, I have this real drawing to, to Lutruita, to Tasmania. We don't have much family down there now, but the the more time I spend in the forests down there, the, the more I start to connect with the old people from down there. And so the more I start to connect with the old people down there, the more I feel like I have a responsibility to protect that place as well um getting the message out there to to other to other people that hey if i could do this in queensland I'll come down and i'll give you a hand and everything set something up for the mob that live down there but you know i think it's just destiny it's 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 the dreaming um just guiding this path you know i was supposed to go to down to the pillager i was supposed to go and meet um, the mobs down there. I checked out the place, and it basically looks just like home. There's emu etchings on the walls there that are the same as up near here. They've followed the Great Dividing Range all the way down. The emu dreaming. So uh, the dreaming, basically, like destiny, whatever you want to call it, is guiding me in this direction to to make these connections with people to follow on the the message and just keep keep that going basically but i always have a a homesickness feeling every time i leave here um but you know it's it's always in good hands every time i leave here there's always you know one of my nephews holding the ceremony down when they are uh when i'm gone so you know I've, i have a I have a safe peace of mind that you know the ceremony continues on it's good to get out and about and to encourage and basically g up a lot of other people around um, the country, but it's also good to come back in, into my little nesting little habitat called Watanungu. All right. Thanks for the yarn, Kuds. No worries. Thank you very much for your um, deadly interview, Andy. It's always a pleasure having a yarn with your brother. And uh, Watamuli. You are listening to 4ZZZ. You are on the Paradigm Shift. We were uh, talking with Kuri, Cody McAvoy, about um, two years at Watanungu. It's been a much longer journey than that for Wong and Chagalingu people um, resisting Adani's taking of their land and destruction of the water table and things like that. It's been an incredible long campaign. Um, really, we're at 10 years now that um, they've been resisting Adani and have kept going through, you know, lost court battles and 
Um, obviously, Adani building an operational mine as they are now, and they still haven't given up, which is quite an, an extraordinary effort and one worth celebrating as they are this weekend up at Watanungu. They're having a big gathering called Bularu, which uh, means two years. Um, but you can go up there any time if you fancy a short little trek. It's about 13 hours north of Brisbane um, to go up there and a little bit of dirt road as well. Mostly you can do it on the tar, but yeah, welcome welcoming visitors up there and it's yeah an amazing campaign and one worth supporting one much closer to home an aboriginal land rights campaign that's been going also for quite a long time is happening out at deebing creek where there was a mission if you're unfamiliar with the history of missions in this country basically aboriginal people after their land was taken were um moved off country into these homes where which were called missions they were generally run by churches and um there they were attempted to be assimilated into white culture uh deeping creek was one of the many around queensland and australia and in recent years the site of the old deeping creek mission which is now a nice quite a nice little patch of bush has been developed by a few different corporations have got their eyes on it to develop sort of new uh suburbs for brisbane really um big housing development and there's been a group of aboriginal people from varying aboriginal nations because of the nature of missions right the it's different nations that have ended up there and that trace their sort of ancestors back to their um, and they've been there, and it's been a, a long campaign, and involved, like Watanungu, a lot of time is sitting down on country and connecting with it, welcoming people in to talk to them and trying to talk about other possibilities other than it just being developed to build a bunch of cookie-cutter McMansions, which is the proposal for it. Unfortunately, a couple of months ago, things took... Uh, very much a turn for the worse in terms of protection of that site as we'll hear in this interview coming up and they were kicked off the site where they were camping um, and had their camp demolished quite brutally at four in the morning the um, bulldozers turned up with police and things like that Uh, but I thought they're still going and so I thought I would chat with Chris Bunda aka Yowie to hear what's the latest uh, news from Deeping Creek. I am who they call Yowie um, or Chris Bunda and uh, they call me the Chief Protector of the Bones at the mission or the former Deeping Creek mission. So we've covered Deeping Creek a little bit over the recent years on the Paradigm Shift but for those who don't know, can you tell us where is Deeping Creek and why is it significant for Aboriginal people? Okay, so Deeping Creek uh, is located just outside of Ipswich in the Yamanto area. Um, it is in an area that is really significant to Aboriginal people, Torres Strait Islander people, because it is a previous uh, mission. So uh, there were a lot of nations, clans, tribes, however you would like to refer to it, that were sent through this former mission. Uh, and uh, so there are still people that reside in the Ipswich area that um, are descendants from those that have come through. And, of course, um, it's a significant area for the traditional owners as well. 
So for the last few years, there's been a continuous occupation at Deben Creek, the Jarjumba Protection Camp. But in the last few months, there's been some big update. And uh, for yourself and other protectors, not very good updates. Can you tell us a bit about what happened at the end of May, start of June? Okay, sure. Um, the site at the A.V. Jennings site, the Lower Bottom Camp area, has been... Uh, protected for quite a long time, over 50 years. And if we're to be factual, three generations or more have been camped on and off over those years, protecting that site. Uh, since 2nd of May for 15am and 5am, uh, they came, the corporations came along with their general managers, project managers, police officers and security guards uh, to evict effectively, even though A.B. Jennings wants to remain calling us trespassers, um, they effectively evicted everybody from the camp that morning and um, had proceeded to then smash all of our belongings. So we're still reeling from that trauma. We understand if you want to class us as trespassers, sure. That's how the corporations go. That's how Native Title goes. Uh, but effectively we did have permission to be out there. So when you have an eviction process that goes on at 4.15am, it's very reminiscent of the days of the dispersal parties, very reminiscent of Safir Town in South Africa. They came in with the bulldozers and they proceeded to destroy everything, kill our animals. We were not allowed to retrieve our animals. So you can imagine the trauma or the reignited, reactivated trauma transgenerational trauma that still exists within us. So we are currently, all of the protectors, uh, I can't speak for all of them, but for all of them that I am in contact with, are at presently getting help from mental health professionals because of this. So we are still standing ground. Of course, we cannot maintain our stance down at A.V. Jennings, but we monitor the ongoing activities, the future acts, as they like to call it. We are maintaining monitoring on the Mormac side as well, and we still hold ground at the Stockland side, which we refer to as Top Camp. Uh, they have come in, uh, DACTIP, and the native title applicants have come in, and um, they have maintained the fire break area, which is very important. But only less than three weeks ago, we had the regional director from DATSIP, Ed Monet, out there, along with matriarchal elder Arnie Jill Davidson, along with the cultural heritage manager from DATSIP, John Schiavo, to discuss things out there. And, of course, Ed Monet has said clearly that protocols were broken, protocols were disrespected, and he is so sorry that these things happen and he understands that things can't be put back to the way they were. But since that meeting, nothing has eventuated after that. Nothing, period. So we're in a, a stalemate, a standstill situation with our lawyers and their lawyers because we are still calling for the location of the cultural centre that A.V. Jennings and Stockland... Uh, and Mormac have said that they have come together, culminated together to, to provide for the community. They haven't said where that location is. 
They haven't said when it will be built. In actual fact, what we had at the bottom camp was a cultural centre. So I think the non-Indigenous way of looking at a cultural centre as opposed to a First Nations cultural centre are two completely different things, right? Um, but we are still standing ground and we will continue to hold ground up there until we receive independent investigations. So what's happening now at Deeding Creek? I understand that there's some kind of legal process underway. Yes. Um, so we are still uh, in with our legal team and we are still in talks with their legal team they tend to drag things out. Uh, they tend to play a lot of word salad. So we are standing firm in what our request is. And we are seeking repatriation of the bones that do exist, where we know they exist. Uh, we are seeking independent surveys to be done. And at every avenue that we have requested this, we've been cut off. We have the people available to do all the testing, to bring about the results, and yet they deny us this. It is history repeating itself over again. Blacks are being pushed off this land once again, over and over again. But we will still continue to stand ground for Stockland's site because we know how precious that is. And there is something there that they are still hiding. And remember, I've seen the CHMP and they're hiding a lot. So we will still continue to stand ground and we will still continue to fight them in the courts because there is much corruption regarding this site, the council and anyone else that's involved that signed their names on pieces of paper. Okay, so people want to find out more or want to show solidarity. How can we do that? Okay, we have a judge and bar page on Facebook. So if you put that in, you'll see that. Uh, we do have a GoFundMe presently to help us pay for our legal team, uh, but I think we'll be wrapping that up shortly. Uh, we've had a lot of koala uh, deaths, as you can see on our Judge and Bell page. We actually had a photograph of one. So, um, you know, if we can have volunteers come out and just uh, walk around and have a look for any of the, the dead animals that might be affected, you know, animals are still affected because of the tree removal and the disconnection from their habitat. So we can uh, really appreciate if people want to donate to our GoFundMe or just come out and walk around and, you know, help maintain the land and, and generally come out and have a look and have a yarn with us because we're still up there. And, uh, you know, we're not short of a good conversation. We love a yarn. Yeah, for sure. Thanks very much, Yowie. Look, thank you so much, darling, for this interview from all of the protectors out here. You are on the Paradigm Shift on Fortunable Z for a few more minutes anyway. We were speaking with Chris Bunder also known as Yowie. If you've been out to Deebing Creek, you probably have met her as Yowie, um, talking about the, I guess, the repercussions of one of the significant, I think, local political events of this year, which is the eviction of that camp that's been there for so long at Deebing Creek and those protectors are still going strong, hanging out there, keeping an eye on it and holding on hope that they will protect the old Deeping Creek mission and a place where they believe the bones of their ancestors are buried and as well as, you know, history, the natural history of that area as well. So 
that is still ongoing. Great to check in with Arnie Yowie there. And great to check in with Kuds as well earlier in the show to talk about Watanungu. And of course, there's loads of Aboriginal campaigns going on around this country which deserve our attention and solidarity. That's about all we have time for on the Paradigm Shift. See you next week.